Hey guys, I'm Raul Coley and I am Arthur Vader, a weird terrier apparently. My name is Ayanna White, I'm a writer for iZombie. Hi, I'm Molly Hagan, I play Liv's mom on iZombie. And you're listening to the iZombie podcast. Is that really how you're going to sit? Can't you sit up? Sit up? Sit up? You're listening to a season one episode of the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. We're a fan podcast dedicated to the hit CW show, iZombie. The season one episodes begin and end abruptly, so we hope you'll forgive us. This week we talk about episode nine, Patriot Brains. We have uh, a guest here with us, not somebody from the show, but a good friend of mine. I'd like to welcome to the show, Dare. Hi. Hi, Dare. Hi, Robin. Hi, Steph. <laughs> Hi, Dare. Welcome. So uh, you're here because uh, you're a fan of the show because I made you watch the show. You did. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is good. We, uh, Dare is actually a, a local friend of mine, and uh, there are many times when I want to just sit back and talk TV with her, and uh, now I can just by inviting her on the podcast and talking about iZombie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good that you have somebody in your life that you can talk television with. I don't have anybody. I just have internet friends. Yeah, exactly. So, Dare, do you, you watch like genre shows? Uh, yeah, I do. She's. I, I pushed her into Buffy, and she's like what three seasons in? Uh, yeah, I think I'm in season three. I don't know. I just. I, I. I could never get on the the Buffy wagon bandwagon back then. But God, he was just wouldn't shut up about it. So okay, fine. Yeah, I know. For me, for myself, I had to get enough. Uh, distance away from like I feel like I'm in my second teenage years now right (laughs) like when I was in my 20s or 30s I was too close to it to be able to get into it but I can get into it now Mm -hmm. honestly when they put me in a put me away in the into a home and uh, I was able to take a uh, go you know basically go swimming and there was like these like alien cocoons inside uh, the pool I was immediately just filled with (laughs) All sorts of energy to watch uh, CW television. Okay, so uh, (laughs) let's move on. We got a lot to get to today. Um, God, uh, I don't even want to get started about this episode. Let's get into the news first. Um, Ratings. uh, We had a .6 for this episode. Uh, 1.7 million people were tuned in to see some shocking things that we'll talk about. Um, (laughs) Man, I thought I was upset last week talking about Ravi getting bitten, but uh, boy, um, the CW upfronts happened today, and uh, iZombie will be back. Of course, we know that they're going to get a second season, but they're going to be back in the fall at the same time spot that they've been following the Flash. So, uh, yay! Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, we don't get much of a break. No, no, I that's thought awesome. We gonna, I thought we were going to be basically like. Uh, Sitting around twiddling our thumbs until um, you know spring, spring. came around again, but mm-hmm. uh, um, no word exactly how many episodes there will be. Um, some uh, folks around the fan community told me that uh, it's typical that uh, the CW will grant like a, a second season, like uh, like especially one that ends that shows up in the uh, uh, back half of their of like the winter season. Um, 
they'll give them like 13 episodes, see how it goes. And if uh, it's going well, they give them another extra nine to get that full 22 episode season. So crossing my fingers, we get a lot of iZombie next year Um, because it is, uh, man, we're like, like five weeks away from the end of the first season already. (laughs) Uh, But uh, the CW actually um, released some uh, promotional materials for iZombie. And uh, they they had something to say about about the the show in its first season and um, as well as the second season. So here is the uh, thing that they released. I'll read it. <clears throat> <laughs> Throughout the riveting first season of iZombie, television's only zom drom rom com, Liv Moore learned to embrace her undead life and use her zombie powers for good. As an intrepid zombified medical examiner, Liv ate the brains of morgue cadavers and, under the guise of being a psychic, used her visions to assist Detective Clive Babineau in solving murder cases. While Liv's boss and sole confidant, Dr. Ravi Chakrabarti, worked on a cure for her unthinkable condition, Liv battled the evil, zombie-making, brain-dealing Blaine and struggled to protect her loved ones in all of Seattle from a potential zombie apocalypse. Standing directly and unwittingly in the path of the oncoming zombie train is Liv's ex-fiance, Major Lily White, whose life spiraled out of control when he began investigating forces beyond his understanding in our final episodes of the debut season those closest to live are thrust into mortal danger and live will be forced to make the ultimate sacrifice to save them there will be heartbreaking consequences and as the dust settles we'll see that nothing in lives partially dead life will ever be the same in Season 2, Liv will face new and even more powerful enemies and old enemies in surprising new forms. Unlikely alliances will be struck, relationships will be challenged, and the line between good and evil will blur for both zombies and the fully living. <laughs> so, uh, that was their press release. Wow. wow. And uh, What does that mean? What does the ultimate sacrifice oh, mean? I know, that's, that's causing me stress. Oh. Yeah. And uh, like new alliances with oh, like will yeah. Blaine will she team up with Blaine? Like I oh no, who, My, I, it, I know. And then who will be bigger and badder than Blaine? Uh, you know, like yeah. oh god, old enemies and surprising new forms. Okay, wait, yeah. <laughs> A lot to ponder over the summer um, as we hear more and more about season two. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a nice little something to chew into. Um, well, we also have something even longer to chew into. Wow, this is sounding really bad, isn't it? <laughs> a little. <laughs> TWSS. Um, we, I, I uh, basically uh, went on Twitter and uh, uh, bugged the writer of this episode, as I usually do. I bug people on Twitter. Hi. Uh, <laughs> to, to come on our episode and chat, um, just like uh, Raul Coley has and Molly Hagan and uh, Ayanna White. Um, and uh, we've been having some great chats with those folks. And I wanted the writer of this episode to um, come and chat with us. He couldn't make it scheduling conflicts, but... Um, he decided to write us a letter and it's a pretty lengthy one. <laughs> I'm ready. Of course. Cause he's a writer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's a drink of water and I'm ready. All right. Good. This is great so stuff, folks. I hope you're all listening and enjoying because this is an awesome letter. <laughs> okay. Um, here we go. Hey, Robin and Steph and podcast listeners everywhere. So that happened. 
R.I.P. Lowell Tracy. I'm really, truly sorry. I feel your pain. I wish I could be on this podcast to chat all things Patriot Brains, but unfortunately, scheduling got in the way. Instead, I've cobbled together this insanely overlong apology and explanation and probably discussion jumping off point for our awesome podcast hosts to read. It turns out I have a lot to say. <laughs> um, let me clear something up that I've seen online really quickly, just to get it out of the way. Yes, he is dead. 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 I know there was no shot of the bullet going through his skull... But that has everything to do with the fact that iZombie is aired on a broadcast network and nothing to do with the idea that we are jerks and lying to you and maybe he's really okay. <laughs> there. Hope extinguished. You're welcome-ish. <laughs> Believe me when I say that I'm as traumatized by the final death of Lowell as you are. Probably more so because I was given the task of living in and writing this crazy roller coaster of a breakup, makeup, death storyline. I'm also a sick bastard, and so I'm sort of delighting in it. Because at the end of the day, when your audience feels something the way I've seen people have the feels about Lowell's demise at Blaine's hands, you know you, and by you I mean all the writers, since we all talk about all these story points together, have done your job well somewhere along the way. I'll be honest. The pitch starting out as Lowell getting kidnapped and tortured, because I find guys covered in sexy wounds to be, well, sexy. And for some reason, I really wanted to write a torture scene. See above, R.E. Sick Bastard. Also, Major kind of has that covered in sexy wounds area covered. Also, yes, that was a Buffy reference. Anyway, pitches evolve, and looking at the character arcs for our 13-episode inaugural season, brief aside, woohoo, season two! Rob Thomas decided that David Anders' deliciously dastardly Blaine had to kill Lowell. Oh boy, were there arguments in the writer's room about this. We loved Lowell. We loved the amazing Bradley James as Lowell. But we knew if we were feeling such powerful emotions, then so would Liv, and so would the audience. Lowell's death was the most impactful and personal way to motivate the next phase of Liv's journey, and to make Blaine's evil affect her unlife directly. I wouldn't dare spoil any of what her journey entails. You'll just have to tune in to episode 10 to see. The inimitable Rose McIver played the final scene in episode 9 to perfection. Her loss and guilt and horror and devastation are so palpable. Believe me, Liv is right there with the viewers in her shock, mourning the late Lowell Tracy. Speaking of shock, I really want to give CW's promo department kudos for not doing a Who Will Die trailer, as it kept the final moments a true surprise. Being a Buffy fan, I actually decided to become a TV writer because of Buffy and Joss Whedon. Aww. Yay. I was really honored that Rob Thomas trusted me with this first major important character death episode, because I know from my days of obsessive fandom how much they matter to the fans. One but of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be done right, and for a reason. It also means I really pushed for the live well reconciliation and makeup sex. Not that it required a ton of pushing, show of hands, who doesn't want to see Bradley James in nothing but boxer briefs, to make Lowell's death all the more painful. Again, sorry. I've seen a lot of t comments online about Liv's culpability and Lowell's death because she couldn't pull the trigger. That it was punishment for her inaction. That she traded one bad person's life of one good person's... She traded one bad person's life of one good person's life and who knows how many more lives Blaine will take going forward. And aren't they all in Liv's hands? Maybe. I can only imagine how Liv feels. 
It's definitely not my place to tell anyone how to feel about something they've watched. Intention and authorship are different things. I'd like to say that I don't think it's quite as simple as it's Liv's fault because she couldn't live, she couldn't kill Blaine. I actually don't think there's a right or wrong here, even from Blaine. It was self-defense, people. And that's the right, juiciest, hardest situation to be in as a writer. For me, this whole tragedy comes down to conflicting ideas about being a hero and to the consequences of both action and inaction. Robbie references Hamlet, the play about the classic inactive hero, earlier to hint at this theme. Ah, very cool. We all have different versions of heroism. Liv, a doctor by training, finds herself fighting against the barbed nature of the sniper's brain she consumed. Remember, we've seen her kill before. In episode 3, under the influence of the sociopath Hitman's brains. It destroyed her. She resolves to find another way. But Lowell isn't in Liv's brain. Even if they've shared the same brain omelette and even wind up sharing the same horrific vision of poor Jerome's death. That vision proves beyond a shadow of a doubt everything Lowell vehemently denied to Liv earlier in the episode. Lowell may have gone on a harrowing journey in the 36 hours between his denial and the breakup fight with Liv and his devastating acceptance after digging up a grave as penance and confessing his horror. But now he finally sees and feels what Liv saw and felt. The self-described weenie could have let Blaine walk off after Liv's text, but he's been freshly reminded of the silent role he played in Blaine's evil scheme. The reason he almost lost Liv, he attacks Blaine for revenge, for redemption, for love. And he dies as the man he described the night before, as the man he believes Liv deserves. I think it's a good death. I also think it's a horrible death that could have been avoided if Lowell really were the weenie he claimed to be. But as Liv said, Lowell isn't a weenie. We met him jumping out of a plane. That's what makes it truly tragic. Lowell reveals to the world, to Blaine, to Liv, and to himself just who he is in that moment he decides to pick up the meat fork and mm-hmm. it gets him killed. I really loved writing this final chapter in the Live Well love story. I am also devastated by it. We and Liv are somehow going to get through this. Then Blaine is going to pay. Extremely verbosely and with all due contrition, Robert Foreman. Wow. <laughs> wow. Woo. Thank you so much, Robert. That was very kind. Wow. All right. So um, let's break this down. Um, well, first off, yeah, again, thank you, Rob. Um, but uh, yeah, first I wanted to talk about, um, yeah, it is great that they didn't do a Who Will Die promo because like the end of this episode really kind of set us up in this whole Who Will Die kind of atmosphere with going back between Major's story and what was going on with Liv and Lowell. I mean, I was thinking to myself, somebody's going to die here, you know? And I, I'm glad mm-hmm. I didn't get, like, tipped off by a commercial or something. Yeah, I think that they used to do things like that back when sweeps weeks were big, you know, yeah. when you'd have the November, uh, February, May thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, like, you know, back when Buffy was on, they would do, like, every quarter – do the big episode and really promote it heavy. And they just don't seem to do that anymore. No. And I'm glad. I mean, really the, the promos these for, for these episodes and, um, you know, Dara, I know you watch it on like Hulu, so you probably don't see the promos. I don't even see the promos, yeah. so it's it's always a surprise. Yeah, exactly. You don't <laughs> even get any of that, but like for the promos, it usually leans on what wacky thing is Liv going to, you know, learn to do this week, you know, like next week is, it, they just showed a promo and it was uh, Liv being drunk all the time. And so, <laughs> but oh, I know no. that there's probably going to be some like important things that happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the drunk thing will be, you know, a very small part of the episode. Yeah. Um, because because now it's like the 
mythology or the story of of the season is building up so much that the the mystery of the week is seeming to take a back seat to that or mm-hmm. it it seem it's it's wrapping to it's weaving together easier mm-hmm. because there's so much information to uh draw on yeah i mean the uh, i mean the case was kind of back seat this week um but it was also it also helped drive the story forward, which is, right. I think, the perfect balance. Yes, it is. It is balanced better. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he cleared it up for uh, all the doubters. Uh, Lowell is dead. I well, didn't see a I lot figured, of that on Twitter. I didn't see that, but I figured he was. And I hate that because I watch so much television, you know yeah. that if somebody is not a, a cast member, yeah. then they're just doing an arc. And mm. really, for an arc, Bradley James was in a lot of episodes. Yeah, I think it was like five or six, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they have uh, they have played with us before, so I'm glad they um, they cleared it up. I mean, we had major on the slab <laughs> of mm-hmm. that one episode. Yeah, I constantly go back. That to was that. a little stressful. Uh huh. And then Robbie gets bitten, and in this episode, I guess he's okay. Yeah. It oh does my gosh! Cross- when he's smelling the brains. <laughs> 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 yeah, like okay, I'm gonna have to sack myself up for this. But um, yeah, I mean, just uh, so so it's it's kind of easy to be like, well, maybe they're messing with us again. But uh, no, I guess they're not. <laughs> Which I didn't think they were, but you know, because they would have taken that completely like painful, um, tragic thing and just made a, a mockery of it by just being like, just kidding. Next episode, <laughs> like, oh, he missed. Um, but uh, yeah, the writers really did a great job um, creating this character. I think. I mean. I mean, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I have not trusted this guy at all. <laughs> and I've been constantly like, he is, he's, he's plotting against uh, Liv. And even in the last episode, I was like, there, see, he's getting brains delivered from Blaine. It's it, obviously right. he's, he's, he's a plant. He's a plant. Yeah. He's, it's a long con. And, you know, Blaine saying, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, the girl in the morgue is playing a role in this. So, if, right. hmm. um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm watching these scenes between Lowell and Liv and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I care so much about that. Like, uh, he's going to really hurt me if I uh, <laughs> invest too much into uh, how much he loves our main character, you know? Um, yeah, and and he confessed his love to her. He professed. He professed his love to her. I was really, that like, that seems like that wouldn't, uh, that, like, that would be uh, a huge deal for that character. Mm-hmm. For somebody like Lowell Tracy to um, to fall head over heels with somebody this soon. Well, this is finally a person that he can be free around. I think uh, Liv felt the same way, but you know, when he's dropping the old L word, uh, this it's right at the time where she thinks that he's working with Blaine. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I read a Mary Sue article about this episode, and it said it was it was like uh, it was like a, a Han Solo Princess Leia moment where. Like, but reversed, you know, like, I love you. I know. Uh, <laughs> um, do you but, uh, think though, Robin, do you think that they did this too quickly? You know, he's in our life and then he's out, you know, relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of thought, Oh, I thought they would have dragged this out a little bit more, but yeah. Well, maybe that just, you know, sometimes the, uh, I don't know. I mean, we, I, you you couldn't help having the feels for these for these two um, mm-hmm. at least the last couple episodes, 
Um, and then just to have that so quickly snuffed out is so, I guess that's even more painful than to have like, you know, we go through the ups and downs with them and then all of a sudden he's killed off. I don't know. I don't know. It could be, it could have been worse, I suppose, but I think this Darn you, so- Robert Foreman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and really the amount of pressure that this writer has, uh, Robert is, it must've felt at writing this. Like you, you talked about it in his letter, just, uh, just being handed the responsibility of like getting the uh, the big like tragic episode, um, man, I I do not envy you. <laughs> if you're listening, I do not envy yeah, you. Because at all. They, like episodes like this, um, the fans can turn on you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, honestly, by the the Twitter things I was seeing, <laughs> a lot of the fans did. They were so mad. <laughs> really? I, I, yeah. That's. Just being just kind of like, what the fuck? (laughs) But I'm sure that, you know, I mean, even I was tweeting like, no. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'm sure they still love the show. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, this death uh, does push uh, Liv's story forward. Um, A lot of people, I would see that, uh, I would see in, like, other reviews that, you know, there was complaints that Liv was, like, she knew about Blaine, but she wasn't going after Blaine. Um, and I think now that this is all the more serious, this death, this death, death makes the whole blame thing a lot more personal. Right. She's going to carry the guilt now. Mm-hmm. And oh, poor Liv, you know, like who says that she's, she's got to be the one that goes after him, you know, like uh, she's not like, she's just a doctor who got a disease. If you think about it that way, <laughs> she's, it, I mean, it's, why she the authority. Yeah. Yeah. Why she's she not the, the slayer. Zombie, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the story is so much better when, you know, the hero, quote unquote, uh, has a personal stake in it than just being like, what you're doing is wrong and I must stop you. <laughs> you know, well, and like, you killed my sh- love. Yeah. And she trusted that the system would work itself out. She yeah. trusted that the police would take care of it. And then in this episode, this episode, right, where she finds out that uh, Jerome and the other boys, mm-hmm. uh, their burials of the Shepherd House were yeah, that they were planted. Out. That the police are in on it. So something now is she rotten feels, in the state of Denmark uh, or yeah. the Seattle Police Department. <laughs> so now she feels like she has to. She has to make the move. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's got quite the springboard. That last scene um, with Liv, um, that scream. <laughs> I just mm. heartrending. Um and uh you know I wrote in my notes I was like she she saw what the CW couldn't show us. Like there may be some deniers out there to think Lowell's still alive um but Yeah, but <laughs> but that's where we get the confirmations from her reaction. We know from her that yeah. he is dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that whole, you know, her about to pull the trigger and that whole the the conflict between oh, so her tense. Yeah, between her and the brain that she had ingested, the sniper. Mm-hmm. Because he is telling her to do it, do it. Yeah. But she, a doctor, do no harm. Her mm-hmm. whole life is, you know, help people, save people, not to cause them harm. And just that conflict between the two was just heart-wrenching. 
And yeah. I, I did want to say that Diana Ruggiero, the you know co-producer, co-executive producer, said that um, the same scream that um, Liv does uh, also came out from her when they uh, pitched this story in the writers' room. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh. Aww. But um, I mean, yeah. Is it is it Liv's fault that Lowell died? I- no, <sighs> no. He made a choice. Right. He made a choice. And, but, um, but she's going to feel like it's her fault. Yeah, yeah. That's that's usually the thing. And I guess I would probably feel the same way if I, you know, if I, she all she had to do was pull that trigger, you know. And but I mean, she's just like you said, it's just fighting back against that sniper mentality. The one is less than many. Um, yeah, and it's just that Lowell wasn't prepared. He was. He just acted. Just in the moment, he wasn't mm-hmm. prepared to completely take Blaine out. And, you know, that was great where he said, you know, I'm not a hero, but then he acted heroically and That's that mean. made, yeah, that made such a, <laughs> that, oh, heart, oh, And, pain. you know, I would think if, if you were to, if you were to sit seriously, like, blame Liv for Lowell's death, I mean, I just think a lot of that comes from being so, like, desensitized by things like The Walking Dead and other, like, zombie movies, you know? In this show, it, it it's not supernatural. Like, these are... Like, she's going to kill this guy. And she's never killed any... Like, well, she's killed... She killed Marcy uh, <laughs> in the Exterminator episode. Oh, that was an unfortunate <laughs> situation, I think. Yeah. She, uh, she did a, a mountain and a viper thing on him, if people know what I'm talking about. Game of Thrones fans, anyway. Uh, <laughs> she did uh, she did that on uh, Marcy, rather. Um but uh, yeah, these are these are infected people. This is not like you said. Liv took an oath. She's not a killer, and she's not like a superhero. Um, so, um, yeah, really painful scene when Lowell decides that uh, you know if Liv's not going to do it, he's gonna he's gonna try with a meat fork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, what 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 made him kind of resort to attempted murder? I just kind of wrote some things here, like you know, Lowell was infected by Blaine, who immediately started providing him with brains. He assured him that these brains were acquired from a funeral home, and then and then Lowell just finds out, like like Robert says, like in thirty six hours, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you're a part of this whole uh, murder plot where like tons of dozens of teenage runaways are being killed just so you can eat. Um, and, uh, he was just kind of, he realizes he was just being very ignorant about it. Cause he was getting sort of like visions or whatever, but now he's just completely wrecked with guilt. And, um, yeah, so he's betrayed and he's disgusted by Blaine at the same time. I mean, this guy just kind of ruined his life and then made him party to murder. So I think Lowell, you know, kind of acted on emotion- emotionally, you know. And, yeah. Um, and he did it just so Liv didn't have to, which is, like he says, uh, like Rob, Rob says, he says uh, he attacks Blaine for revenge, for redemption, for love. So it's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he did, you know, I, I did take a little moment when he, you know, tapped his heart. Oh, my yeah. God. I thought, oh, dear, here we go. And, you know, even even before that, when he shows up to apologize, you can see, like, he's like, you know, we we eat people. Like, he's actually, like, I've been wrestling with this 
throughout this entire series. Like, yeah, but you guys, they, they may be like our heroes or whatever, but they're also eating the brains of dead people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm never real. I haven't had the ethical, the moral problem that you've thought about it, Robin. Mm-hmm. But in the scene where uh, Major goes to the gym, it's talking to the trainer and he's saying, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I want to eat some. And that's when it really disgusted me, the thought of somebody eating a human brain. Yeah, it's even more gross when you think about, like, a human actually eating a human brain. Yeah, right? that's even worse. That's so weird. <laughs> it's because you've been conditioned by the, all the zombie movies, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I do love, uh, though, that uh, just kind of wrapping up what uh, Robert wrote here. Um, Blaine uh, killed Lowell out of self defense. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of was self defense, but I don't think it was too difficult for him to do. Yeah, yeah. He's just, because, I mean, he had this conversation in this episode about taking a check from a man and going and finding this famous astronaut mm-hmm. and killing this astronaut so this rich man could experience his memories. Yeah. How screwed up is that? <laughs> yeah, it was funny because he was kind of like, um, I, really? You're asking me to do that? Oh, actually, it doesn't, I could probably pull that off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. He started thinking about that blank check and he became okay with it. Mm-hmm. I uh, also um, David Anders who plays Blaine uh, really uh, I think had a lot of fun by all the reactions at the end of the episode because as soon as the episode finished um, he tweets out are you not entertained <laughs> 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 um, so uh, what do you guys think do you think Blaine's gonna survive this season he's such a good bad guy I can't imagine someone just like replacing him I don't know that they want to lose him. He's a perfect baddie. Yeah. And Steven Anders. I mean, I don't know. Is he going to get a chip in his head? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what was in, we were saying earlier, was that in the letter with um, people coming back? Oh, no, that was in the, that was in the the intro part that you read. Yeah, yeah. The promo for season two. Yeah, for the promo about how. um, Old enemies. Yeah, we'll come uh, back as something different. Yeah. That I mean, are we talking appearance-wise? Are we talking? I mean, a new. Ro- I'm just curious. I have a theory. Oh, go. Yes. Blaine will eat a zombie brain. <gasps> oh. And it will turn him good. <gasps> what? <laughs> it's See, I was, wacky. I, was, I like it. I was waiting for you to finish that sentence with "He's going to turn into a super zombie." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's another double zombie. <laughs> That's something else that could happen. I don't know. But two zombie brains cancel each other out and make a human. Hmm. (laughs) That's a good one, too. (laughs) I like it. Well, we'll have to uh, digest that one. Um, (laughs) All right. So uh, a lot of other points to get to. uh, But, again, thank you so much to uh, Rob Foreman. Um, for uh, sending that letter in. I'm going to post that thing in full on our Facebook page um, so you all can read that. And, uh, you know, just in case you uh, fast-forwarded through my uh, monotonous uh, uh, reading of it. So, (laughs) um, okay, so a little bit more lol here. Um, We find out from him that... uh, you know, he, again, always trying to narr- figure out the zombie rules. 
and we find out from him that he's he's like, listen, I don't I don't work on cases. I don't look for triggers. So he gets visions every once in a while, but it's like, but he doesn't few... dwell on it. Yeah, I guess like she does. She's like he... hyper aware or something because it's her job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's investigating the case with Clive. Um, that you know the brain that she's eating, and um, yeah. So. Um, I guess it's kind of like if, if you're not looking for it, you have a less chance uh, getting these visions. And that's what makes uh, Liv specials because she's actually looking for it and using those visions instead of just kind of ignoring them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love that Lowell said that he dug a brain up for her. And it gives me a comic book squeeze. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gwen Dillon style. Um, anyway. Well, and he, um, he watched the funeral. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. He was a teacher, yeah. you know, and his family was there, and mm-hmm. so it was that much more personal. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wrote the hand over the heart. I love you. <laughs> um, and the fact that that final chapter was called uh, entitled "Whiskey Tango Foxtrot," which is you know WTF. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I love this show. Uh, <laughs> <I do too. laughs> uh, Major. Um, so yeah, his his whole storyline is running kind of parallel to what Liv and Lowell are doing, trying to take Blaine down. Um, and we have Major like on his own, trying to investigate uh, Julian, the Candyman, and uh, and then Julian uh, because of uh, his amateur detective skills, uh, uh, screwing things up. Uh, what Major does, um, Julian finds out where he lives. I'm so tired of seeing Julian beat up Major. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens every episode. I know, yeah, I, just a couple. I just start yelling at the TV screen, not the face, not the face. But yeah, um, I, well, first off, there's, with Major, there's a great quick scene of, uh, we have, we have a little Roger action, Robbie and Major. Uh, talking about uh, playing video games, um, souls but, that need reaping. Oh, with his quest, winches <laughs> that need conquering, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that um, Major's like explaining away the brain thing by not exactly saying like I'm investigating this homeless thing. Um, I'm I'm looking to uh, you know I, I hear that the pituitary gland gives off some sort of extra thing that makes you whatever, build muscles. And Ravi's like, aren't you big enough? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes to a gym, another great name for uh, a business. That was Deadlifts. Great. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> he does the old, hey, uh, you, uh, you know where a fella can get a little brains? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he was thinking, but... Um, yeah, um, but when he comes home, that hammer sitting there—it's just like, oh uh, crap! <laughs> I was screaming, "Just pick it up! Just pick it up!" Yeah, no, the power's out. There's a giant hammer on the table. Um, just wander around. <laughs> look for look for a candle. Um, <laughs> oh, God, and and also, I was like, oh, "Where's Ravi?" Because Ravi lives with him, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping, like, this came, like, late in the episode, and this is after Ravi um, just, I guess, figures out that he's not um, a zombie, um, and I hope that's true. 
Um, because the the virus, not the virus, it's not a virus, because it didn't cross from species to species. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so like what, I guess if he's a rat, he'd get yeah. <laughs> zombied <laughs> or something? I don't know, I can't understand. Science, science, science. Um, I loved when I loved when Liv saw the rat and she said, oh, "You know, it's white and murderous." <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I was thinking, oh, he he figured out that he's not uh, a zombie, so obviously, um, Robbie must be on a date with Peyton. <laughs> That's where he is. Uh, so uh, I just made that up in my mind. And I hope it's true. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean. There's there's a thing about the the fact that um, zombieism is in the pop culture of this show because I mean I'm just waiting. For, why does the major say zombie once? Like even kind of joking. Like hmm, this guy mm. is eating brains. That's kind of like a zombie, <laughs> right? Mm. I mean he's killing zombies in a video game and in the first episode. Why doesn't he just start at least? Yeah, it just hasn't crossed his mind. Or he's just like it's that it's so ridiculous it's not uh-huh. possible. But guy's eyes turning red. He's not. He's not. I mean, he shot him twice in the chest, and then that one more sh- shot in the chest. And it's like I don't know. At that point, it's like maybe headshot. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Julian gets away. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Because that's how they. That's how Blaine put. People up is he get he a headshot to the brain, right? And so that puts him out of commission, and he's able to store them, or that just kills them. And I have no idea what the. I mean, I'm really hoping the freezer thing gets explained. Okay, <laughs> I really do. I don't understand it. Let's put them on ice. Put my henchmen on ice until they start behaving. Um, but uh, yeah, Clive thinks he's losing it. Major's losing it. So that's uh, always helpful. Um, oh I'm god, hoping- I know. I was on the edge of my. I was like squeeing when Major called Clive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, what is going to happen? Oh no, this is a mess. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the head. Um. Okay, so uh, a little bit more about Blaine. We talked about his uh, little deal with uh, Lawrence Kaiser. Um, I love that he's like, oh, your brains are too depressing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm tired <laughs> of these astronaut kids. Brain. These runaway kids. I don't want this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do we need to talk about the astronaut. Please, yeah. You posted something in our Facebook group. Okay. Okay, before Veronica Mars, Rob Thomas wrote a book, Rat Saw God. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Well, it was an episode of Veronica Mars, like one of the first couple of episodes. Oh, of course, of yes. But it's <laughs> it's like a sentence back, spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dog. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Dog was star. Dog was star. Yeah, Dog something star. like that. Um, but Alan York is the father, is the astronaut father of the character, in, the young boy in the book. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like Veronica Mars was supposed to be a young man, but the CW, the WB, the WB, UPN, UPN. I think it was UPN, yeah. <laughs> yeah, UPN changed it to uh, a female. Or was it WB to start with? It was, it was WB to start with. Okay. Okay. Maybe they were like, listen, nobody's going to accept a boy named Veronica, so maybe <laughs> make this character a girl. <laughs> uh, 
No, it was like, well, you know, Buffy did so well, so. Yep, yep. Make her blonde. <laughs> kind of peppy. Uh, <laughs> that's my uh, uh, cigar uh, uh, WB board member. Just, uh, <laughs> yes, the kids will love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of cheesy things, how about that menu that uh, Blaine's got an app? <laughs> uh, the, uh, we got Motor Cortex Asada, Basil Parietal Terrine, Cerebellum Sashimi. Mm. Yeah. Cerebellum Sashimi is people. <laughs> Pricey. Mm. Pricey people. Yeah, you know. So it's like, you know, a middle class. I mean, maybe that was like, um, like Lawrence Kaiser's prices. I don't know. Or actually, Lowell apparently had some money from what? Like his father was like a, had a coal mine or something? Was yeah. Yeah. He was a coal miner's son. <laughs> but I think well, they, I think Blaine's charging a lot of money though. Yeah. Because he was saying how it was going to run out. Oh, that's true. So supply and demand. Yeah, especially when the whole runaway market is getting... Um, blown up in the in the press and everything. I guess they got to figure out something else. Hmm, what could they do? Um, maybe they, maybe they'll uh, take over a prison and start harvesting prisoner <laughs> brains. I don't know. There's thought. I'm just you know trying to help the guy out because he's a huge fan of music, as we find out in this episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> huge fan. Um, and uh, yeah, Nirvana is everywhere. By the way, these days. <laughs> Seriously. So I couldn't believe it popped up as like, is there an anniversary happening or, or something like that? It it passed already. It was in April. Okay. Kurt Cobain's death. Yeah. And they, he referenced that, I think, specifically in the episode. Right. Yes. Um, the day that uh, Kurt died, a girl cried on his shoulder and it was a very poignant moment for him. But uh, Luda, the uh, newest knucklehead henchman, is like, oh, that means you banged her afterwards, right? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we have Julian and Luda, new new uh, new henchman Luda. Um, Luda, Luda. I don't know what that's short for. Um, Blaine's a fan of Pocket Dial. I tried looking up Pocket Dial on the internet, and I didn't get anything like the, for that. So I'm wondering if that was Lowell's band because yeah. Lowell was having him come listen to it. Yeah, that's what yeah, I that's assumed. Oh. That's why I assumed that that Lowell's band was Pocket Dial. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe we'll call Lowell. Wait, never mind. He's dead. (laughs) Oh. But uh, that's funny that uh, Lowell assumes that the reason that Blaine turned him into a zombie was because he was a fan of his music. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we're going to be friends. I'm going to start serving (laughs) you brains. And uh, we're going to, like, jam out in the rooftop. We're going to jam, yeah. Some rooftop sessions. Oh, my God, that apartment. That yeah. patio, that uh, nice place. I love that. Everyone has very nice accommodations on the show. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed. I mean, yeah. Major's house that, that he shares with Ravi is immense. Yeah, very nice. And a well, Peyton and uh, Liv's apartment. And, I, and I'm thinking, yeah. you're a social worker and a medical examiner, right? Uh, how are you affording this? <laughs> well, exactly. That um, I mean, because it was going to be it, that that place. We figured out that that was going to be uh, Major and Liv's place before Liv decided to break it off. So Major stayed in that place, and that's why he needed roommates um, to help him support it. But yeah, Major is not, it's definitely not now that he's fired, mm-hmm. <laughs> making a lot of money for that. Um, 
And, uh, oh yes, flashbacks. Um, we had some flashbacks this episode. We, it, we've always thought about, um, we, we've been, we've talked to Lisa before in the past, like what if like any of her brain, the brains that she's eaten for, what if they come back at all? And it, it's kind of, uh, it's, it was really smart how they made the whole PTSD of this sniper end up affecting her in a way that she's having flashbacks of a uh, vision she had from the first episode of uh, the uh, the hooker jumping over the, or getting thrown off the railing. You guys remember that? Yeah, the Romanian prostitute. Yeah, yeah, uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> uh, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So that was that was neat how that came back. I wonder if they're going to do any more of that. Yeah, because I, I'd uh, I'd wondered about that if it if these memories would affect her permanently. Right. Yeah. Like you know, she's ingesting some, but maybe you know they don't all get processed. You know. Some like it saved her like fat cells and stuff like that, and you know she like decides to uh, burn some calories. All of a sudden, the brain stuff starts hit, being processed again. I go to the gym now all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty cool that both she and Lowell had the same flashback. Yes, yes, because they all had a little bite of bite of Jerome, yeah. Jerome and Jerome and egg. <laughs> oh, oh. Poor um, but we also got um. Uh, Liv actually talking about her for- first morning as a zombie. Robbie asks her about it and um, how quickly she started uh, wanting brains. And it sounds like it was pretty much immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I guess, be- is that how he decided that he was not going to transform into a zombie because it hadn't happened yet? Right. Okay. Yeah, I think he said it was like 36 hours so far or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but it was funny because she talks about when she came out of the body bag and everything. And then, like, moments later, um, Clive wants to check out something on YouTube. And uh, Ravi says something about male twerking. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Liv says, no frozen lip syncing. And, uh, you know, I recounted the story in the beginning of our, our podcasting about the pilot, at least. How, um, I guess, when... Um, uh, Rose McIver burst out of that body bag the first time she s- started singing really loudly. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> 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 so I wonder if that was, I don't know. Or was it like a Kristen Bale shout out? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then you have, uh, I don't know if y'all did the Neutrogena commercial with Kristen Bale. In oh, the toy. All, the time. <laughs> yeah. all the time. It's great. Yeah, it's like, oh, Kristen Bell's on the show this week. Oh, it's Aww. just a commercial. Yeah. Uh, we um, didn't talk about uh, Percy Daggs Third. Yes. Well, that's basically the last thing I have on my list to talk about is the case of the week. But yeah, Percy Daggs Third. Okay, okay. I, I know I shouldn't be so stereotypical about nerds because I feel like we are all nerds and we are all different. We all come from different backgrounds, but Uh he just doesn't seem like a nerd. Really? Like casting. It just seems like, well, we need to, it seems like stunt casting or it seems like, Hey, let's give our buddy a, a a role. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he's, you know, he played Wallace before Wallace was a nerd. Like he was, uh, what, flying uh, model planes on the beach the first episode of Veronica Mars? Um, he was into nerdy stuff. I mean, he was into ath- athletic stuff, too, but I don't know. Yeah, he was there. kind of an outcast. <laughs> yeah. And um, we got Blood Sports Paintball this week. Yeah, um, I wonder if that if that was inspired by the comic. 
Oh, absolutely it was. You think so? Okay. Well, the name of the paintball place was Blood Sports <gasps> Paintball. Oh! <laughs> um, and then and, I wonder if, like, the Sniper story, was that, like, inspired by Chris Kyle and American Sniper? <laughs> yes, I did note that there were not enough fake babies uh, this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um, or was it like a... You know, let's do, let's show our patriotism. Let's like, uh, you know, for the for the soldiers, for the I don't know. I mean, I guess like, where did it come from? That's if you know, Robert. If Rob Foreman was here, I would ask him that. What's yeah. the what did, what's the inspiration for? Where the are sniper? you, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to write another huge letter to us all about. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't know because I mean it did show that kind of like the negative effects of uh, what uh, the war does to a soldier and uh, and everything. But also we we felt bad for him too because well, a he was murdered and b his wife like cheated on him with Wallace. Yeah, I mean that happens <laughs> a away. lot. That happens. Yeah. So, you know, so many soldiers come back from uh, the war and their wives leave them, mm-hmm. or, or they come back with PTSD. They come back with depression. Um, so yeah, that, that is common. I do love how Rose McIver was acting with the PTSD this, this episode. I mean, she had that, she looked, she looked like she was covered a little bit, like with a little bit of like, just like clammy. She was very clammy. Um, and she had kind of like glazed eyes, um, especially when she was like jogging in her undershirt and when she was standing at attention before, um, Penny's interrogation. Yeah. She called her (laughs) ma'am. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a couple other things here. Um, just basically, um, yeah, they teased us uh, about the whole – another comic book shout-out by saying that, um, you know, when Liv ate brain, she realized that she wasn't a, a werewolf. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, again, where, we had a, you know, were terrier on, on, in the comic book. Um, also, uh, Euphrates is the name of the drone company. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, like the river, just like the Amazon river. Uh, ah. <laughs> so it's their own little, uh, thing about, you know, how the Amazon is going to start sending drones to our house any day. Now we're going to see these things buzzing through the air. Yeah. Because when I order something on Amazon, I want it at my door immediately. Oh, my, my three year old. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Two days is, is too it. long to wait. My three-year-old is into Shopkins, which basically to me are just things you would get out of a quarter machine, but for some reason they cost like nine to fifteen dollars a pop. Um, and uh, yeah, she, she actually pulled money out of her piggy bank uh, this week, and we ordered it off of Amazon. And I said it's going to be here in two days, and she's just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> if it was up to her. It, it's it's drone time. <laughs> And uh, then Skynet will take over, and we're, we'll all be doomed. <laughs> um, also, uh, why are you so white? Was a uh, line here. That was like, funny. from the little girl. From the little girl. I guess that was a Mean Girls uh, uh, shout out. I didn't get it, but I did see somebody posting about it. And uh, uh, you can't just girls. ask people why this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and my last little note here is um, paintball and TV. Always awesome. I mean, Six Feet Under had a great episode of paintball in it. Community, they're probably their best episodes were their paintball episodes. 
Um, it was great to see iZombie have a good paintball episode with uh, Liv just rocking it at paintball. <laughs> yeah, it made me want to go play paintball. I know. I've have never you, played it before. Have you played it, Stephanie? No, I've only played laser tag. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I think you can actually get injured when you do paintball. Well, I mean, people tell mask? me you can get welts and things from the... Yeah. I don't know. It seems it's it's a little too violent for me. Dare, this is actually a little bit. Uh, it, this is kind of a, a, a in thing between us. But Len is actually having uh, paintball for his bachelor party. Of course, he is. And I'm like, awesome. I think <laughs> oh <my laughs> I've never word. been shot before, but uh, looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I mean, maybe it's kind of exhilarating to get kind of injured. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, I, I can't, I can't, I get palpitations <laughs> with the toy guns at, at the, you know, KB or whatever the toy store is. I, I was looking for Halloween one year and I picked up this plastic rifle and I just started sweating and I had to put it down. It was just too much for me, hmm. uh, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> There's no digressions on this show. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The last little thing I forgot to mention concerning the paintball. I love when the, the guys are all being all tough with their paintball guns and running after each other. And then they come up on a dead body and they're like, ah, and run away like oh, it's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, an LOL. <laughs> Such an LOL. Uh, okay. Um, that's really it for discussion. Unless you guys had anything to bring up um, that I missed. You're very organized. Thanks. <laughs> okay. We'll get into feedback then. Um, Steph, do you possibly have Facebook open? Because I don't. Nope. All right. I will get the email open while you get the Facebook open, and uh, we'll rock through some feedback. And thank you so much, people who sent it in, um, especially uh, Mr. Foreman, <laughs> who sent in the best feedback, uh, feedback on his own episode. Uh, <laughs> Heidi actually writes in. She says, hey, guys, I love the opening 28 milliseconds later. Uh, <laughs> yes. So far, no zombie Robbie. Yay. Major is learning to fire a gun. This should end well. Dead guys while paintballing? That's a new one. I don't think Bones has ever done that. <laughs> As is usually true of the criminal mastermind, Blaine needs to find smarter lackeys. Um, Wallace, I love not being spoiled on this show. Um, Major's story was kind of interesting. He's going to end up in the mental ward if someone doesn't tell him about zombies soon. Has he stopped taking any medications? Uh, Clive asked. Was that a Duncan Kane reference there? Ooh, I didn't even catch that one, Heidi, but that's a good call. Um, folks, if you didn't get that, you need to watch Veronica Mars. Um, okay, going on. Uh, looks like all the zombies get the visions as well. I think we all wanted Liv to be special, but she's really just your average zombie who happens to have been a really good person. Yay, Ra Ravi is not a zombie, or a rat, or a zombie rat. You never know. I was kind of thinking Lowell was similar to the character of Troy from Veronica Mars. He's the girl, the, he's the guy the girl gets with after losing the love of her life. Now I just hope that Lowell sticks around longer than Troy did. Maybe Blaine missed Lowell's head at point blank range. Maybe. Um, sorry, Heidi. <laughs> wah, wah. She says the ending on a cliffhanger each episode is not okay with me. <laughs> Until next time. Heidi. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you, Heidi. Um, do we have any Facebook feedback? 
uh, from Marissa in DC. She says, yeah. I have so many feelings about this episode. So much happened that it's hard to figure out where to dive in, but I'll start with Lowell. Lowell had a great arc in this episode, so I should have, uh, suspected that things would go pear-shaped by the end. I wanted uh, to think the best of him after how last week's episode ended, since he's been nothing but funny, sweet, and understanding with Liv the whole time she's known him. I thought Liv was hard on him at the beginning of the episode, but it inspired him to go to a funeral and dig up a corpse to bring her a brain. I was not expecting that level of commitment from him, even after his declaration of love, and I softened immediately, just like Liv. And it inspired the conversation that I think a lot of us have had with ourselves when watching the show. <clears throat> they do need to eat, but how can they do that without becoming monsters? Lil found out about Blaine's evil empire in this episode. While I'm sure we all know that he needs to be stopped, the plan that Liv and Lil hatched was short-sighted and it could only have ended badly. Yes, I agree. It was uh, I was happy that, that once she was in place to take out Blaine with a sniper rifle, that Liv realized that she couldn't become a killer like Blaine. And there was a moment when it looked possible that Liv and Lil would find another, maybe smarter way to take out Blaine. But Lowell picked up the barbecue fork, and I knew that was it for him. If you're trying to take out someone who kills people for a living, you're going to need more than a barbecue fork <laughs> and no plan. Anyone who f- followed casting news knew that Lowell wasn't going to be on the show forever, but I was hoping that he would leave the show alive. Well, undead. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> As far as the rest of this episode, I was relieved that Robbie didn't turn into a zombie, but I hadn't been too worried about that. He might go zombie at some point, but it's a bit too early in the series for two of the main characters to be zombies. Yes. I loved seeing Percy Daggs, Wallace from Veronica Mars in this episode. It was fun. It was a fun twist that although he had been initially ruled out as a suspect, that he turned out to be guilty when they figured out he could have... uh, killed the victim remotely yeah that was a good twist he killed him from his meeting yeah just sitting there on his laptop cold unbelievable and major continues to spiral down into the rabbit hole this week shooting julian and having him not bleed and get away i feel bad for major since um he knows something is wrong in the in, in the town, and he's just trying to figure it out. But he's really he's not really equipped to handle it. Yeah, he's not. That's what's so disturbing. He doesn't know what he's in for. Uh, I'm waiting for him to join forces with Liv and Ravi and taking down Blaine. But since that will almost certainly require Liv to out herself as a zombie, I'm guessing that won't happen until closer to the end of the season, if not the season finale. And since I didn't get to write in last week, so thrilled that that iZombie got renewed for season two. Keep up the great work and guest stars on the podcast. Thank you, Marissa. We are keeping up uh, the great guest stars, uh, Dare. Hey, thanks, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Robin is really working hard. Um, Ray uh, wrote here as well, um, Kurt Cobain played guitar left-handed, but that was a right-handed guitar that Lowell said was Kurt's. How could Blaine the super super fan not have known that one? (laughs) (laughs) Ray, your nerd is showing. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, well, I think that's it. Um, thank you, folks, for emailing in and writing in and tweeting us and all that. Um, keep on uh, doing that, and we'll we'll keep reading it as best as we can. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so stay tuned for after the plugs for to hear what's happening next time on Eyes Zombie. Um, thank you so much, Dare, for uh, stopping by and uh, being our special guest this week. Thank you. I was honored. <laughs> you are honored, and <laughs> I honor you. Um. <laughs> Damn right, son. <laughs> Sorry. Um, is there any uh, anything you want to plug at all? Do you want to uh, give a shout out to anything that you may? I don't know. Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, just thank you. I had a really great time. I enjoy the show immensely. So thank you for forcing me to watch it. <laughs> yep. Um, and I would like to apologize to the viewers if any of my guinea pigs sounds showed up <laughs> because they're in the, the background here, like twittering away, eating their hay, weep, weep, weeping. And I was so worried that they were going to to interfere with, with our podcast. So. Well, first off, um, we don't have any viewers. We have listeners. And, um, oh, God. Okay, listen, it's Twitter, late. Uh, let them know they can follow us uh, <laughs> at iZombiePodcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Steph, do you, do you want to interrupt this? Uh, please, Steph, to Let please. us know what, where people can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Steph Smith. Um, my Buffy podcast is Potential Cast. Mm. We are finishing up season seven, and I'm commemorating it with a hashtag 100 reasons to watch Buffy. I'm on number 21. Nice. <laughs> I figure, you know, I'll finish it by the time we finish the se- the series. And that should be interesting. At Steph Smith on Twitter. Okay. Yes. And, and I need help. Because <laughs> I'm running out of ideas with the the Buffy thing, or just in general, or <laughs> the, the 100 reasons to watch Buffy. Have you stopped taking your medication, <laughs> uh, or started taking new ones? Uh, I, and if when we finish up Buffy, we'll go back to Redemption Cast, our uh, Angel. Awesome rewatch. Yes, we will. Um, as for myself, my other podcast is the Defenders Podcast. It's uh, covering the Marvel Netflix series, uh, starting with Daredevil. Uh, oh, which was find- your your interview with John Patrick Hayden? Yeah, Hayden. It was fantastic. Oh, thank I enjoyed you. that. Yeah, the guy who played uh, Jack Murdoch. He was on the show. It was really really cool to talk to him. Uh, and uh, uh, apparently uh, now I'm going to go down to New York City and uh, learn how to box from him for, for a day with uh, with uh, my co-host Claire. So <laughs> looking forward to getting my Wear face a helmet. Beaten. Wear a helmet. Oh, yeah, I'll be like, not the face, just like Major. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can find that podcast at dbmpe.com, just like the iZombie podcast. Um, you follow me on Twitter at LRobinYarrow. Um, I'm not counting down to anything, but I am Twitter. Tweeting whenever I'm watching a TV show or whenever I'm complaining about um, Arrow. Thank you for listening to the season one episode of the Eye Zombie podcast with Robin and Steph. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. We posted that link, as well as others, on our home on the web, eyezombiepodcast.com. There you'll find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. Finally, send your feedback in to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. 
The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. And remember, a mind is a terrible thing to taste.